actually know what time it is, but uh, <laughs> Saul said we've got a, a couple hours, so that's great. Um, so those of you who don't know me, my name's Dave, uh, he mentioned that. Um, I've been a Christian since I was about four, four and a half, so a little while. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus really has been, my life started with Jesus. I had an interesting past, and when Jesus encountered me, it, it changed me, and you know, he's been... He's been the fixture in my life, as long as I can remember. He's been the friend speaking with me, hanging out with me, as long as I can remember. And uh, if I get a little emotional today, that's this is a big moment. So thank you for thank you for the opportunity. Um, let's just dive right in, I suppose. Well, Father, I just thank you that as we look at your word, that you're looking at us that your word is that, that sword that penetrates our hearts, Father God. I pray that you would penetrate all of our hearts, Lord Jesus, that you would expose the things that need exposed, that you would reveal the things that need revealed, that you would speak to our hearts in the core of our, our soul, Father. You know each and every need in this, in this room, and you care for each of us. I just thank you for that, Father. All right, so, John chapter 11. I'm going to walk around a little bit, so we got used to that with Kip, though, so we'll, we'll keep that going. <laughs> so it says, now a certain man was sick. This is John chapter 11. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So this was personal. Um, Mary was very close to the Lord. Martha was very close to the Lord. They're, they're two women that are intimate in these Gospels. We get to, we get to know a lot about them. Uh, so this was very close to the family of Jesus, if you will. These people were in his inner circle. And that, that, that suffering came home for them on this day. Therefore the, sister sent, therefore the sister sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So they knew that Jesus loved him. They knew that, that his love was present, so they sent him for help. When Jesus that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus had this amazing way of looking through things. He looked through people. He looked through scenarios. He could continuously see this weaving pattern of what God was bringing him to, and he saw us through that pattern. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I'm flipping page there. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I'm going to be honest, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> if, you, if you look at that just for what it is, there's two facts that stand alone. He loved them, and he stayed when he heard that they, had, that they needed him. That's, there's two things going on there. There's... He loved them so much, but he saw, we know previously that he saw that this was not unto death, but there's, there's a purpose in this. And he, in his heart, he knew that, the, that there was something wrapped up in this and he needed to stay. We can only infer that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord had, his father had showed him that this was the path to take. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea, Judea again. 
disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews have sought to stone you. Are you going there again? So there was danger here. Um, the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders had a real problem with Jesus. He exposed them. He exposed their, their power that they had over the people that they were using unjustly. He exposed their hearts. He was the living word of God. He exposed them. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. There's so much here to love. It's... Uh, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. He's talking about, he's saying, the light that God's given him to, to approach the situation this way, he's going to walk in it. And it doesn't matter where that takes him. He's going into the lion's den, if you will. These people want to kill him. He's also kind of upsetting his friends. They're, he's waiting two days to go. They know that, they know that he got word. They know that he's, they know what he's done. He's raised people from the dead. He's walked by a funeral procession and raised that person up. He's brought cripples back from, from being unable to walk, unable to move, unable to perform. He's, he's shown himself to be God on this earth, and yet he's staying behind. So he's, he's walking into a, a really challenging situation, and he's saying here, this is the light that God, God has given me. I'm going to walk in it. I'm not going to stumble. If I follow my father, I won't stumble. Then, so then he says, I, I love Jesus. He doesn't sugarcoat things. He just says it the way he hears it in his heart. He says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Jesus knows that to them he's died, but to Jesus he's sleeping. Jesus doesn't view death the same way that we view it. He has a different perspective. He has an enlightened perspective. He's seen this from his father, and he knows that it's just like sleeping. I'm going to go... I'm going to go wake him up. His disciples don't get it. They say, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Now he's speaking of Jesus here. They, you can get an understanding of, well, if he's going to go there and get himself killed, I guess we're just going to die with him. And if you, even though they didn't quite see things the way Jesus saw, you can, their commitment here is, is, is also impressive in its own right. They, they may be, he's going to go and heal this guy, he's going to go do something, He's going to get himself killed. We might as well just go with him and die. That's Sometimes I think we have to have our theology right to trust God. These people were off. They didn't understand that he was going to, to raise him from the dead, but they still trusted. There's, there's something there for us. If you, have to, if you have to hear everything right and see everything right to trust God, then there's something amiss in your heart. At least our hearts were right, right? 
All right, so when Jesus, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So this is, he is all dead. How many of you have seen Princess Bride? He's mostly dead. He is all dead. Right? <laughs> uh, now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I, Martha's a tough lady. <laughs> you know, there's, it, it's interesting. I imagine that this was, this was probably troubling to people who saw this happen. I mean, Jesus is this intensely awesome rabbi that to them is just a really powerful figure. And Martha just strolls right up and says, this is your fault. I imagine that was problematic in the social setting for her to say that. But Jesus, Jesus accepted her. He, did, he was not bothered at all. We don't see that at all. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. This is a strong lady. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. He's pretty sure of himself. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? There's a lot here. It's, she confronts him, Lord, this is your fault. If you had been here, he would not have died. We wouldn't have to come up with this ridiculous miracle. If you had just been on time. I can relate to that. I've been not on time many times in my life. <laughs> but she, said, she says, you know what? Even though you've messed this up, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. He speaks from his heart. He's got something that he's carrying. He speaks to her and says, your brother will rise again. And she again projects this into the future and says, yes, yes, I know. He's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Let's Theologically, I understand that. I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay, that's cute, but you're late. We wouldn't be talking about last days if you'd just been on time. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He does this thing, pulls us back to himself. He's saying, no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. You're looking for something else. I'm already here. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So he's, Jesus is, he's such a good teacher. He's not content to just let her sit in this theological conundrum. He's saying, listen, even if he dies, he's going to live because he's in me. He, he's believed in me. He's accepted what I've given him, this life of God. You can't kill it. I put something in him that can't be killed. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. There's whatever death you experience in your life, the life of God will overcome it. Do you believe this? There's all this stuff going on. 
And he's so concerned with heart here. Do you believe this? I'm just impressed with his art. Everything is going on. He's, he's following after God. He's, doing, he's walking in the light. But he's so concerned with her heart. Do you believe this? Are we okay? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So she's a strong lady. I respect that. He moves on. When she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, secretly. She was a little... <laughs> Martha's an interesting lady. So she secretly pulls on Mary and says, hey, the teacher's come and is calling for you. We don't know that he called for her, but she's, she's wheeling and dealing. As soon as she heard that, she arose and quickly came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in a place where Martha met him. The Jews, so Martha was so out there that she actually ran out of the town to meet him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary, rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So Martha was in her own nature, confrontational. Mary is grieving here. She falls down at his feet. She, she, she exacerbates herself. She says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. It was obvious to... There was a timing issue here, and it was obvious to everybody. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, there's this whole... Just this progression of... of groaning and, and, and hurt that's following her, that's grieving for this loss. And Jesus groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. So he's, he's grieved in his heart for them, and he says, okay, let's deal with this. Let's go do this together. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. So we know that Jesus loved him. We, we, we dealt with that fact. How he loved him is, I think, what makes God God. How Jesus loved them is the real story here. Jesus wept along with them. He had the answer. He had the light that he was going to walk in. He had the purpose. He could have just strolled right past him. He could have just walked in there and done his thing. It would have fixed the problem. I guarantee everybody would not be weeping if Lazarus was back. But how he loved them. He didn't want them to suffer alone. He didn't want them to just have this conundrum of why did this happen? What's going on? And then just deal with the problem and they figure it out. He wept with them. He felt what they were feeling. It says in the scriptures that he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. 
He was just like us. He had emotions. It wasn't just about the purpose. It was about the people. I'm very, this is why I love Jesus. So some of them said, could not this man open the eyes of the blind? Also have kept this man from dying. Everybody started to piece this together, saying, wow, this powerful man who cares so much of them, couldn't he have, couldn't he have done this? Couldn't he have kept him from dying? So Martha and Mary knew who he was. They, they knew right away that, that he was the answer, that he could have been there. And then everybody else starts to piece this together like, man, this would have been a good option. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, he's carrying this tremendous care for them. And at the same time, this, this burden from the Holy Spirit of what is to come and what he's about to do. He's groaning in himself. It's coming out from, from his from his from the depth of his heart. He came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. This is, this is a very large stone. This is akin to the stone that they laid over Jesus. They have shut the door on this situation. This is over. There is no coming back. We're, we've rolled this stone away. It's been four days. Nobody's ever come back from the dead after that long. There's been some miracles, some hiccups, you know, in a, in a day or a half a day, whatever. But this is over. This is all the way over. Jesus says, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead for four days. So there's, there's theological problems, there's timing problems, but now there's a, there's a smell. This is so bad that we don't even, you don't even want to go there, Jesus. This is over. You can't fix this. You don't even want to go there. We don't, oh, let's not all relive this pain. Let's not have this ridiculous situation just stinking up this place. Let's just get it over with. Let's just grieve and be done. Jesus, I'm done. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? How, this is God. He's saying, what did I say to you? The serpent, the original sense is, did God say? And he challenges them on what God has told them. He's saying, didn't I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So they got the hint. They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. They don't even, he doesn't even write his name here. He just says the dead man. Jesus lifted up his eyes. This prayer is, is really great. Father, I thank you that you have heard me in the past tense. Thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice. We'll, we'll come to this in a second. Jesus didn't, he didn't need to pray this. He just knew. Father, I thank you that you've heard me, and I, I know that you always hear me. 
because of the people who are standing by, I've said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus was so exemplary in his love, in his faith. He had, he had prayed through this with the Father. He already knew what was coming. He had the light of God to walk in it. He knew what was coming. He knew all this stuff. He was so confident in his relationship with God that God had already heard him, that he always hears him. And he just wanted everybody to have a window into his prayer life with God. He wanted everybody just to have a quick glance. Say, this is the kind of confidence that God gives you. That you can just walk into this situation that's over, that's done, that's dead, that's all the way laid to rest. And you can know that God's heard you. He's about to blow their minds. Now when he had said these things, he didn't even wait for a response. Everybody's going, this is cool, what are we doing? He had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. This was a problem. This, this was a big problem. This situation was over. He confronted their religious beliefs. He confronted their everything. He just broke the universe right here. I'm perplexed by this. I think sometimes when, when great miracles happen in our life, it takes a little bit for us to really catch up. Nobody knew that this was going to happen but Jesus. Everybody said, you're late. You should have been here. You could have done something if you were here, but now you can't. We're not going to roll the stone away. You're not going to make us smell this, this awful stench. This is over. There's nothing left to do. And yet he, he doesn't care about that. He, he's got a mission. He's going to walk in the light that God had given him. He finishes the deal. Lazarus, come forth. We don't know if he ran out of there, if he walked there, whatever. He comes out, he's got the grave clothes, his face is wrapped around. Loose him and let him go. And Lazarus just goes on about, how must this have been? Does he just, do we just go home now? Like, what we got, we've been weeping for days. I'm, I'm still mad at Jesus, but, but I, I don't really have the right to be anymore. Like, what do we do here? This is a ridiculous situation. They weren't, they're not prepared for this. This is, this is one of the miracles that's, that's right at the tail end of Jesus' ministry, and this causes a major problem for him. They already wanted to kill him, the religious leaders. This is a big problem. Now, they, now they're going to kill him. Because he has exercised his right as the Son of God over death. The Jews had an oral tradition uh, in the Talmud and various things that if you were dead for three days... You would kind of hang out in this limbo area that your soul would hover and wait. And then after the third day, on the fourth day, you would be fully laid to rest. That your spirit would just be gone. Oh, now it's all the way done. Jesus didn't care about that. He had authority over all of the universe, every realm. And he stepped into death and he pulled him out. He didn't care about that. He did it on purpose. He deliberately instigated the devil to kill him. For you and me, he deliberately went into the depths of hell and pulled him out. 
He waited for this thing because he knew he could do it, and he wanted to show everybody that he could do it. He wanted them to know that no matter where they go, heaven or hell, that he's able to come with and get them back. This was a problem. The many of the Jews who had come to come to Mary and had seen the things that he did believed in him. I bet they did. <laughs> I bet they did. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus did. I, I bet they did. <laughs> I'm sure it got there quickly. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do for this man works many signs? If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. The Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. That is a hard heart, ladies and gentlemen. This man has raised him from the dead. He's exercised his authority over all the power of the universe. He's the embodiment of love. And they're, they're so they're concerned with their place, with their position, with their prestige, with their power. They, they were completely hardened to it and said, what are we going to do? The entire world is going to go after this guy. We're going to be left in the dust. I can't imagine that. It, it, it reminds me of how it talks about how God hardened the heart of Pharaoh, that he just charged right into this open sea when the Israelites were fleeing through it. It's similar to that. It's like this is this is definitely God. This is definitely Jesus. Your whole purpose is to point people to Jesus as a religious leader. And they couldn't see him, and they hated him when they finally could. And one of them said, Caiaphas being the high priest that year, one of them, Caiaphas being the high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. He prophesies Jesus' crucifixion here, unbeknownst to himself, maybe. Now, he did not say in his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. God's plan here is at work, regardless of what the devil has intended here. The devil thought that this was going to be his greatest victory. He was so aggravated by it, he used the hardness of their heart to crucify Jesus. And it was actually the plan and purpose of God all along. He prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. We'll just go and read through. The Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chiefs, priests, and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it, that they might seize him. This whole situation caused, caused a tremendous problem for Jesus, and it was the perfect problem. It was the exact intention 
the whole time that this would happen it was lazarus was it was an opportunity for us to see the goodness of god that he is with us in every situation even when it's over even when everything laid to rest even when it's dead people are dead visions are dead dreams are dead careers relationships children whatever jesus is there with us his ability is there with us along with his heart As I was reading through this, the thing that's, that just grabbed me is that there's these two things going on, his empathy and his power. And he, Jesus never, he never grabs hold of the one and to loose the other, and he doesn't forsake who he is to make people feel good. He grabs both of them with both hands. Because I'm going to love you all the way through this. Nobody's getting left behind. We're bringing it, we're meeting everybody where they are. And then, but don't worry, I've got this. That's Jesus. That's who he is today. Whatever you've rolled the stone over in your own heart, Jesus is here today. He loves you. I promise. He's here for you today. To help your heart bring you through and he is the resurrection and the life whatever you feel is dead is not all dead he's the god of second chances he's able